0: And welcome to episode 11 of The Other Berman Show. In this episode, we will take a deep dive into all eight of this year's Hall of Famers that will be inducted later tonight into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Also, after that, we will be unveiling a top 10 list of current NFL players who I believe are all locks for the Hall of Fame. You'll also hear a couple of my thoughts on next year's Hall of Fame class, who I think should be in. And, unfortunately, not the Q&A, because me being the genius that I am, I deleted all of the questions that I had saved from last episode, so the Q&A will return next episode that is on me. Well, without further ado, enjoy episode 11 of The Other Berman Show. All right, let's get things started with the deep dive into all eight of this year's Pro Football Hall of Fame induction, eh, inductees. I think that's how you say inductees. So we're going to start things off with a five-time pro bowler, a two-time first-team all-pro, a three-time Super Bowl champion, he twice led the NFL in interceptions, he's a member of the 2000s NFL All-Decade team, and a member of the New England Patriots Hall of Fame. I am, of course, talking about Ty Law. Now, Ty Law was an incredible player in the early days of the New England Patriots dynasty. He was a member of the Patriots, uh, let's take a look here. I forgot to put down the years for all these guys. My bad. I have all these notes, but I forgot to put what years they were with all their teams. Oops. All right. So he was a member of the Patriots from 1995 to 2004, was then let go and bounced around the league for the last couple years of his career, a year with the Jets, two with the Chiefs, another with the Jets, and then one with the Broncos before hanging it up. But spent most of his career as a member of the Patriots, was there from 1995 to 2004, He was there when Bill Parcells turned that team around and Bill Belichick won. And then he was there for the first three Super Bowls with Bill Belichick. Went to a Super Bowl with Bill Parcells before he was eventually, of course, um, before he retired. And then, came out of retirement later on, but before he retired, um, uh, he was on Bill Parcells. He was with Bill Parcells. He was a great, great player. And... One of the guys that really created the foundation of that Patriots dynasty, widely regarded as one of the greatest defensive backs of all time. He has 53 career interceptions, 24th all-time in NFL history. Very deserving player uh, going into a very deserving player of his honor. Congratulations to Ty Law on making the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Ty Law. Cannot wait to hear his speech tonight. Next up. We have another defensive back, a player who was a 12-time Pro Bowler, three-time first team All-Pro. In 2006, he led the league in interceptions, member of the 2000s All-Decade team, and a member of the Denver Broncos 50th Anniversary All-Time team. I'm, of course, talking about Champ Bailey. He was a member of the Washington Redskins from 1999 to 2003, then spent most of his career in Denver from 2004 to 2013 and then spent an offseason with the Saints before not making that team and then retiring. Champ Bailey, another who is widely regarded as one of the greatest corners of all time, like Ty Law. First ballot, Hall of Famer. He holds the NFL record for most career um, deflections with 203, which is an NFL record. His 12 Pro Bowls is more than any other cornerback in the history of the NFL. Ty Law, I mean, not Ty sorry, Champ Bailey, an unbelievable, unbelievable football player, number 24, and actually something I did not realize, and it is hard for me to believe, but I looked it up after I heard it on TV just because I didn't think it was true, and it turned out it was, that Champ Bailey is the first ever long-time Bronco player, meaning a player who played pretty much all of his career on the Broncos to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, which I could not believe, but I looked it up, and it turned out to be true. No longtime Bronco has ever been inducted into the Hall of Fame, at least as a player. So that's huge. He, um, so congratulations, Champ Bailey. Very well-deserved. Uh, quick correction in there, by the way. Champ Bailey is the first longtime Broncos defensive player to ever be inducted into the Hall of Fame. John Elway and Charles Davis are obviously Hall of Famers. He's the first ever longtime Broncos defensive player in the Hall of Fame. Most Pro Bowl selections ever by a corner with 12. Longest pick six in it. Sorry. Longest interception return in the playoff game without scoring. He had a 100-yard interception return in the playoff game. And did not score on it. He was also the youngest player in NFL history to intercept three passes in a single game. 21 years old in his rookie year against the Arizona Cardinals. He also managed to get four career interceptions in, in the Pro Bowl. It's incredible, actually it's the Pro Bowl and Champ Bailey played in a time when the Pro Bowl was not a joke the case with all these players because the Pro Bowl did not become a joke until shortly after or the year that all of these players did retire um, a deserving first ballot Hall of Famer and I'm happy that in a class with Ed Reed he still got to go in because even though Ed Reed's going in as a DB that does not mean he should wait because they're both deserving first ballot Hall of Famers congratulations to Champ Bailey Next up, we have the third of four defensive backs, but we're kicking it old school. We're talking very old school, this one. We are talking, of course, about a six-time AFL All-Star. You heard it right, he's a six-time AFL All-Star, five-time All-AFL member. In 1970, he led the NFL, in 1970, he became the first ever NFL league leader in interceptions because that was the first ever year the NFL and AFL merged. So since the merger, he was the first player to lead a league in picks. That's kind of cool. A three-time AFL um, champion and a Super, and the Super Bowl four champion, member of the AFL all-time team, and member of the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame. And today, I mean, later tonight, he'll be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm, of course, talking about Johnny Robinson. Johnny Robinson. Old, old, old school. One of the, you would known as Ed Reed before Ed Reed. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal player. And he is the ninth member of the Super Bowl four Championship Kansas City Chiefs to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, including Ed Coach Hank Stram. He's a member of the Dallas Texans of the AFL, and then when they moved to Kansas City, he moved with them, and they become the Kansas City Chiefs. At 80 years old, I'm happy he gets to see the day where he becomes a Hall of Famer. Played safety and flanker, which is what wide receiver used to be called before they changed the position name. Um, just uh, old, old school player. My gra- I was talking to my grandfather about him am I, I hadn't really heard. Like, I heard the name, but I never really knew the player. I talked to my grandfather about him. He said he was just a great safety, great back, always could count on him to get interceptions in Kansas City. So, and he said he's happy that he got in. He said he was surprised that he wasn't already in. So, Johnny Robinson, a Hall of Famer. Next up is the lone offensive lineman to get in. He is an eight-time Pro Bowler, a seven-time All-Pro, a member of the 2000s NFL decade Team, and a member of the New York Jets Ring of Honor. And, not only that, he actually served as the president of the NFLPA from 2008 to 2012. So... Even off the field, making huge um, strikes. Huge strikes? No, he's making huge, um, what's the word? Huge um, impacts off the field. Um, now, by the way, 2008-2012, that's a hard time to be NFLPA president because it uh, coincided with 2011 NFL walkout. So definitely a um, tough time to be um, a president. I'm, of course, talking about Kevin Mawai who was on the Seahawks from 1994-1997. Jets, where he spent most of his career from ninety eight to 2005. And the Tennessee Titans from 2006-2009. One of the greatest um, offensive linemen of all time. And the players had to wait a little bit. Um, actually, same uh, same amount as um, Ty Law to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, unlike Ty Law, though, he's been very close these last couple years getting in. So it was really only a matter of time. After 16 years, seven all, um, I mean, eight. Eight Pro Bowls and um, seven All Pro selections. Member of the All Decade team, obviously, and the Jets ring A great, great player. And just, there is not much to say about a lineman. I don't really know a lot about him. But I- I'm trying to do justice to him because he really is a great player and very, very deserving of getting into the Hall of Fame. That is Kevin Molly. But we'll move on now to the longtime owner of the Denver Broncos. And in his time as Broncos owner, he went to seven Super Bowls, won three of them, and had the second highest win percentage since he bought the team until his death in June. So that's from 19... Somewhere in the 90s. Let me just double-check the, the exact year. But it was in the, either the late 80s or early 90s when he bought the Broncos. Let's check. Of course, by the way, I am talking of the late great pat bolin he bought the team in 1984 oh okay that was the year after john elway got drafted and immediately when he brought the broncos he said they're going to build that team around john elway he knew how great he had the, how great he had the potential to be and he turned that the broncos into a real contender i mean before he had the broncos they were they weren't like a laughing stock they were not they weren't like terrible terrible but they were never that good of a team they never had real playoff success. They made it the playoffs. They won a couple playoff games. They never had some real, any real playoff success until Pat Bowen bought the team. And then once he had it, they went... And then from 1984 when he bought the team to his death um, in June, um, they went to seven Super Bowls, won three of them. And since 84, only the Patriots has won, have won more games than the Denver Broncos. So, and unfortunately... He, as I said earlier, died in June, so he was not able to live to see the day where he gets inducted. But he did live to, to hear the day where he was, um, where they um, decided he would be a Hall of Famer. And he was able to hear before he died that he would be inducted into the Hall of Fame. But sadly, he died um, in June, so he's not going to be able to see tonight. But he's looking down, you know. Um, he died, of course, of Alzheimer's, but an incredible owner, pl- well, well, well-loved football player, just really one of the people that everybody loved playing for, and the impact that he had um, on the Broncos as a team, you could see was there, and had an amazing relationship with John Elway. And, yeah. Uh, and his children will inherit the franchise. So, under p- terms um, set prior to his death, Joe Ellis will run a three person trust representing his estate. Boland's, inher- Boland's intent was for his children to inherit the franchise, though. So, it's Joe Ellis, his kids, and John Elway will, are all kind of co owners right now. As they search for kind of bigger thing. his wife is also has Alzheimer's. And we'll see what happens with her. So, yeah. But, anyway. Pat Bowen inducted into the Hall of Fame. Next up is a man that, on a much brighter note, is someone that has been waiting and waiting way too long to be inducted into the Hall of Fame. This guy has should have been inducted into the Hall of Fame a long Long, long time ago. He was the GM of the Dallas Cowboys for 28 years. You heard me correct. 28 years of the Cowboys GM. During that time, he drafted nine Hall of Famers. He helped invent something called the NFL Scouting Combine. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. He was the first person ever to use computers to evaluate talent in the draft. And as the GM, he had a run. Of twenty straight winning seasons, a record that still stands today. And not even the Patriots. Of you know, the Patriots are currently eighteen years in a row with a um, winning season, and the Cowboys are at twenty. So you guys think the Patriots have been doing well for a long time? Imagine the Cowboys eat two years even longer. They won thirteen in those twenty years. They won in those twenty-eight years. They also won thirteen NFC East titles, went to five Super Bowls, and won two of them. The Incredible, Gil Brandt, and I cannot stress enough how much long overdue this is for Gil Brandt. Oh my God. I mean, it is about time. He also, off the field, was one of the founding members of the NFL Network, which is obviously a big thing with the um, NFL, considering it's in their own network. And it's just, I can go on and on and on about why Gil Brandt should have been in all of him such a long time ago. I'm not the only one either. This is just such overdue that Gil, and I'm happy that he is alive to see the day. He's 80 years old, and I'm happy that he's able to see this happen, because this is an honor that should have happened seriously such a long time ago. Um, yeah. So, congratulations, Gil Brandt. I'm so happy for him. Um, just the NFL, he's one of the people that if the NFL is better off because he was involved, Gilbrandt. Next up is a player who was a 14-time Pro Bowler, which is an NFL record. It's like a six- or seven-way tie. But until next season when Brady probably makes the Pro Bowl again, He is a co-owner of the NFL record for most Pro Bowl appearances with 14. He's a six-time All-Pro player. He led the NFL in catches in 2004. He ranks second all-time in catches. He of the 2000s NFL All-Decade team. He has the most career catches and receiving yards by any tight end in NFL history. As widely regarded as the greatest tight end of all time. I'm, of course, talking about Tony Gonzalez. I mean... You can make the argument that Gronk's the best tight end of all time, but I think that. Tony Gonzalez is that title. in my opinion. Um, Gronk's not far off, but Gonzalez is just such a great player for a longer time, had better consistency, healthier. Just, I think he's better. But that's not what we're here for. Um, he was a member of the Kansas City Chiefs from t- 1997 and 2008. He ended his career with the Falcons from 09 to 2013, where he still played very well under Matt Ryan, and with Matt Ryan, he helped develop Matt Ryan because that was the beginning of his career. It was only the year after his rookie year is when he became a um, – remember the Falcons? So Matt Ryan's development is great is right on track with Tony Gonzalez's time in Atlanta. And who knows what kind of – how much of an impact he had. Um, but Tony Gonzalez, known for his durability, and I'm telling you, he had – so. He had two fumbles in his entire career and had a long career. He only have two fumbles. That's unbelievable. In fact, I, I honestly don't even believe that. I think he's probably had more than two. They just don't realize it, but I'll take their word for it. A great college basketball player as well, by the way, and great on TV, but that, that's both besides the point. But I'm just going to list all of the NFL records that Tony Gonzalez has. Most career receiving yards by a tight end. Most career catches by a tight end. Most seasons with 1,000-plus a, a receiving yards by a tight end, tied with Gronk with four. Most consecutive seasons with two-plus tu- two touchdowns, 17 straight seasons. That's every season of his career he had two-plus touchdowns. Most consecutive seasons with 20-plus catches, every season of his career, all 17. Most consecutive seasons with 30-plus catches, all 17 years of his career most consecutive season with 40 plus catches 16 out of his 17 years most consecutive season with 50 plus catches 16 out of his 17 years most consecutive seasons with most consecutive seasons with 60 plus catches 15 out of 17 most consecutive season with 70 plus catches 11 most consecutive seasons with seven uh most consecutive season with 500 plus receiving yards 16 most consecutive season with 600 plus receiving yards 16 most consecutive season with 500 plus yards from scrimmage 16. Most consecutive seasons with 600 yards from scrimmage, 16. Most consecutive seasons with 500-plus all-purpose yards, 16. Most consecutive seasons with 600 all-purpose yards, 16. Most most Pro Bowl seasons tied with a bunch of players with 14. um, The Pro Bowl all-time leader in catches with 49. Second most starts by a tight end with 120. Second most receptions in a career, only trailing Jerry Rice. And second most consecutive game the second most consecutive games of the catch, tied with Jerry Rice with 211. Those are all the um, NFL records. That That's not NFL records by 10. That's just NFL record, period, held by Tony Gonzalez, the greatest tight end of all time. First ballot Hall of Famer. Congratulations to Tony Gonzalez. Man, that was a mouthful. (laughs) But it is now time for the main event. The greatest safety of all time. I am, of course, talking about. Yep, I'm playing it. Nine-time Pro Bowler. Five-time All-Pro. Super Bowl forty-seven champion. 2004 NFL Defensive Player of the Year. A member of the 2000s All-Decade team. He has the two longest pick-sixes in NFL history. The all time leader in interception return yards and a member of the Baltimore Ravens Ring of Honor. The greatest safety of all time, number 20, Ed Reed. The third Raven ever to be in the pro- third Raven ever to be inducted in the Hall of Fame. The third first ballot Hall of Famer to be from the Ravens. All three of our Hall of Famers from first ballot. The single greatest safety to ever play the game, Edward Reed. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady feared this man. The only player that really, I believe, Belichick feared. You can hear him talking about just how much respect he has for him. Um, for those who haven't seen that video, it is it is just Belichick. You can hear how much respect he has for Ed Reed, the greatest safety of all time. Him and Ray Lewis led the NFL's an NFL top three defense while Ed Reed was there. They were a top three defense with the exception of one season Every year of Ed Reed's career with him and Ray Lewis at the of Baltimore helped win Super Bowl Forty Seven. in his final game in Baltimore. He was hoisting that Lombardi trophy. I tell you. And even though the Ravens don't technically retire jerseys, no Ravens ever wore number 19. And other than Ray Lewis, no Ravens ever wore number 52. And guess what? Other than Ed Reed, no Ravens ever wore number 20. And I don't think any Raven will ever wear number 20 again. Even though they don't. The Ravens don't don't um, officially retire jerseys. Fifty two is ceremoniously retired. I mean, is um, unofficially retired. Nineteen is unofficially retired for Johnny Unitas, and let's face it, no other Ravens ever going to wear number twenty again. Um, Ed Reed was the first, and last is the will be the last Raven ever wear number twenty. I mean, Darren Sharper, um, sorry, Jamie Sharper wore it before Ed Reed got there, but since. Um, Ed Reed played for the Ravens. No Ravens wore number twenty since, and I don't think we'll ever again. And I hope that I'm right about that. He is the goat at the safety position, and a very funny guy. I had the pleasure of meeting him. He's such a funny guy. Not a good basketball player though. I saw I met him at Tori's. My basketball play, a basketball game. He is a terrible basketball player, but a great guy. And I'm happy that I got to meet him. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see him play, but. My God, I've seen his highlights. Such an electric player. Could have played receiver, honestly, too. Ed Reed, Hall of Famer. So, you can see at 8 o'clock tonight, well, actually, by the time you're listening to this, most likely, the Hall of Fame induction will already be over, so, because I'm probably not going to post this until after the induction is over, considering we only got two hours left till it, and I got to edit it still, and it takes a little while to publish, so. You might not be able to hear this until after next episode. But that's besides the point. This year, 2019 Hall of Fame class is Ty Law, Champ Bailey, Johnny Robinson, Pat Boland, Gil Brandt, Tony Gonzalez, and Ed Reed. So next season, the NFL is introducing a one time only thing where they are inducting 20 players to end the NFL 100 um, year long celebration off. By inducting, instead of the normal seven or eight, 20 people. It'll be the normal five modern era um, people. But after that, two coaches, three contributors, and ten senior nominees. The senior nominees are the people that have been retired for 25 years or longer. So, obviously, I did not make a 20-person class, but there are just some people that I think um, it should get in. Out of the modern era, Troy Palomalu and Reggie Wayne are our first ballot um, eligible next year, and Troy's gonna get in first ballot, I hope Reggie Wayne does first ballot, but we'll see, I, 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 if I had to vote, I would give him a first ballot Hall of Fame vote, but we'll see if he gets in, um, in terms of other guys, Edron James, um, hopefully Isaac Bruce finally gets in next year, um, Alan Fanica maybe, um, who else, John Lynch, I'm thinking of guys who are like been close to getting in but haven't gotten in in recent years. Uh, we'll see. And Patrick Wills is first ballot next year, too, but he, he, I don't care what people say. Some people think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I do not. I don't think he was good enough to be first. He was a Hall of Famer, but I don't think he's good enough to be first ballot. And then out of the coaches, Jimmy Johnson could get in. He's been close in recent years. Tom Flores could get in. And the guy who I think deserves to get in, I don't know how he's not in, Don Coriel. They made the Air Coriel offense in the 1980s with Kellen Winslow and Dan Fouts and all those guys. And even though he never won a Super Bowl, just such a great coach, revolutionary coach. Air Coriel offense, such a great and important offense in the NFL. And I hope next year's the year Don Coriel finally gets his recognition. And then the contributor category there's one man in particular that is not in the Hall of Fame that won. 100% 100% deserves to get in. I can make the argument that no person in the history of the National Football League, maybe in professional American professional sports in general, is more important to that sport than this guy was, and he is not in the Hall of Fame. I'm talking about Steve Sable. He is not in the Hall of Fame. His dad is, but he is not in the Hall of Fame. And I think that's a crime. Steve Sable the creator of NFL films, if it wasn't for him, the NFL would not have taken the leap into modern pop culture that it is. The NFL would not have become as big of a giant as it is. Almost, almost, if every iconic image, iconic video, iconic moment was captured and became iconic because of the work that either Steve Sable himself did or the people at his company that he invented, NFL Films, is. It is an absolute crime against American football, against sports, against the Hall of Fame in general, that Steve Sable is not in the Hall of Fame. And I will continue, if he does not get in this year, I will continue to mention it until Steve Sable... That's the recognition that he deserves to be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Because I firmly, firmly believe that Steve Sable is a Hall of Famer in every sense of the word. There is a contributor category in the Hall of Fame for a reason. And that reason is to put people that deserve to be Hall of Famers even in, in play and people like Steve Sable. Pat Bolin and Gil Brandt two Hall of Famers that are getting in this year are getting in under the contributor category. There is a category for Steve Sable to get in. And next year is the perfect opportunity for him to be in the Hall of Fame. And I swear, if the Hall of Fame messes it up, when you have not one, not two, but three contributors getting into the Hall of Fame next year, and he is not one of them, I will be very, very disappointed. I really, really hope that he gets it. That's all I gotta say about that. So we'll see about that. And hopefully, listen we'll to that back to that one year time when Steve Sable is being inducted into the pro football. Now to end off this episode, which was a little bit quicker than I thought it would be, but you know what? It's all right. It is... I made a top 10 list of current NFL players who are locks to be in the Hall of Fame. So, are my list. Number 10 is Julio Jones. I think this guy has proven that he deserves to be in the... Actually, yeah, no. Mm. Before we get to Julio, actually, there's one. There's one honorable mention who's on this list, and because he's a kicker, he's not a lock for the Hall of Fame because he's a kicker. But he deserves to be a Hall of Famer, and because he, he's the best kicker of all time. And Adam Vinatieri, I'm going to give you a quick honorable mention because you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, and I hope that you are. But as, since you're a kicker, I can't make put him on this list. But he deserves to be Hall of Famer. Now on the top ten list, number ten. Julio Jones, he is. I mean, we all know how dominant Julio has been over his career. Um, the only player in NFL history, actually, to have not uh, to have more than one three hundred plus receiving yard, to have a, have more than one three hundred plus receiving yard games. He's had two. Nobody else has had two in the history. Even Jerry Rice. He was a member of the an NFC Championship team. He was a member of the, one of the greatest offenses of all time, the twenty sixteen Falcons. And because, of course, that 28-3 game fiasco that happened at the Super Bowl, people forget that people discredit the Falcons in the top seven or eight offenses of all time where they really are. That was one of the best offenses we've ever seen. But since that Super Bowl happened, they're not in that conversation. And they really, really should be. And Julio is one of the reasons why. He's had just such a great career, model of consistency. I think he has cemented himself as a Hall of Famer already. Number nine, Richard Sherman. Everything I just said about Richard Sherman Everything I just said about Julio Jones Translated over to defense And you got Richard Sherman Mile of consistency over his career He did what Julio couldn't Though he did win a Super Bowl He was a member of the famous Legion of Boom defense Where Earl Thomas and Cam Chancellor are also both Hall of Famers um, Didn't put Earl on this list Because I would put Julio above him And then Cam Chancellor's retired but I think all three of them are in the are Hall of Famers. Richard Sherman and Earl Thomas probably first ballot. Cam might have to wait a couple of years, but still a Hall of Famer. A an incredible Seahawk, one of the greatest, probably the greatest cornerback in re, in this um, in this generation. You can make a um, argument that it's either, it's definitely either him or Rivas for best corner of this generation. And I would say Richard Sherman, but I wouldn't be mad at you if you disagreed and said Rivas. You can make the argument either way. But yeah, just an incredible player, and he will be in the Hall of Fame. And he is number nine on the current player lock for the Hall of Fame list. Number eight, pains me to do it, but I wouldn't be doing him justice if I didn't. Antonio the Cancer Brown. As much crab as I give him for being a locker room cancer, a diva, someone who has ruined my Christmas, even though I'm Jewish, two, uh, three years ago when he eliminated us Christmas Day. And even as a Jew, he ruined my Christmas. But it's besides the point. What he has done since, since being drafted has never been done, ever. At this pace, as a receiver, he is on track to break Jerry Rice's career receiving record. He probably won't because he won't play as long, but he is absolutely the best receiver of this generation. He when he retires, he will be a top ten. He will be a top ten receiver of all team. He's not on that list yet, but he will be. Um, he's not. But again, he's not yet. He hasn't been playing long enough, but. Absolutely, by the time he retires, he will be a top-ten wide receiver of all time. Even though we never made a Super Bowl, it was definitely not because of him. He led the league in yards and catches multiple times. And even though his prime might be over, you made make the argument that it is, like he's still getting it done. And Antonio Brown is a very entertaining player to watch, even though I have to have been rooting against him his whole career as a Steeler. And as a Ravens fan, having to root against him his whole career, even though he's not on the Steelers anymore after what he proved to be after he uh, showed everyone that how terrible person he is. I can't root for him because he's just a jerk. But again, besides the point. Number seven is Ben Roethlisberger. Sticking with the Steelers trend. Gotta respect it. Just the greatest quarterback in the history of a very storied franchise in Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm sorry to all you Terry Bradshaw truthers, but Bradshaw wasn't really that good. He had... Two hundred twelve touchdowns, two hundred ten interceptions. So, nearly more—he threw nearly more um, interceptions than he did touchdowns. Even though those four Super Bowl rings and incredible playoff performances and four on the Super no, Ben Roethlisberger is the greatest quarterback in the history. Of the Steelers. I'm sorry, two Super Bowls to his name. He's led the league in passing yards a couple, pass, uh, a couple times, including last year. He has a five thousand yard pass. He's into his name, which he did last year, and just a great player the youngest starting quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl, and a top 20 quarterback of all time. Ben Roethlisberger, a lock to be a first-ballot Hall of Fame. Number six, Justin James Watt. J.J. Watt of the Houston Texans, a Walter Payton Man of the Year award winner, a three-time defensive player of the year, led league in sacks a thousand billion times, the only player in history to have 20-plus sacks in a single season more than once, something he did three times. He had the, in my, had the single best um, individual single season I've ever seen in since 2014, which is when I started following football intensely. The greatest single season I got to witness was J.J. Watt's 2014 season. And I don't. I, it's been five years. I'm still mad if he did not win league MVP. 20 and a half sacks. Four offensive touchdowns. Two defensive touchdowns. He yes. Dominant J.J. Watt, three-time Defensive Player of the Year in a row, something only Lawrence Taylor was able to do. Only Lawrence Taylor did what J.J. Watt did, which is win three straight Defensive Player of the Year awards. You can make the argument that he's the best. um, I mean, you can make the argument that I'm actually going to agree with that he's the best defensive player of this era, period. Just, you can't, there's no no argument that J.J. Watt, Oops, Drop my mic. Is a first-ballot Hall of Famer, and that's why he is number six on this list. Number five is my, is my favorite non-Raven of all time. He ranks second all-time in... Um, no, wait, sorry. He's third all-time in catches and third all-time in receiving yards. No, no. Yeah, third all-time in catches, third all-time in receiving yards, second all-time in receiving touchdowns. And that is, of course... Larry Legend, Larry Fitzgerald, the, this, um, the dictionary definition of loyalty, my favorite non-Baltimore Raven of all time, Larry Fitzgerald. And you know what? As I'm looking at him, I'm actually going to call an audible and put him at number four. Um, but I'm going to keep because I already started. Fitzy, model of um, loyalty in all sports. When you think of loyalty in this um, generation, not a lot of guys come to mind. But when it does... Russell Westbrook and Larry Fitzgerald come to mind. So there you go. Um, Fitzy has had to deal with so much terrible quarterback play. His best quarterback he ever played with was Kurt Warner and Carson Palmer. That's not much. And both of those quarterbacks he only played with for three years. So he never had a long-term good quarterback. Kurt Warner, I know, he's a Hall of Famer. He's mm -mm, He's a fringe Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. But... He's not in that like Ken Anderson is not in the Hall of Fame. Like I would put him ahead of him. Um, I would put him. I would put a, Ken Anderson ahead of Kurt Warner who's not in the Hall of Fame. Besides the point, but again, another guy who I hope gets in next year with ten senior nominees. If he doesn't, that's a crime. I, okay, sorry, I'm getting lost. I'm getting off track. Um, Fitzy just incredible, and I'm, again, I'm moving up to number four and number five is Adrian Peterson. A 2012 NFL MVP. He had a 2000-yard season that year was only 8 yards away from breaking Eric Dickerson's rushing yard record for a single season. He's top 10 all-time receiver, I mean in rushing yards, top 10 all-time rushing touchdowns. And I tell you, Adrian Peterson in the Hall of Fame is is um just a Hall of Fame football player and just absolutely great player and you know why? in my opinion he's the greatest viking of all time I and mean, I can't think of anybody who's better so if you disagree with him again let me know on my instagram at the other vermin show if you disagree with anything here that I've said but particularly Adrian Peterson, he's the best viking of all time but yeah, you disagree you disagree I'll be happy to yell at you in my DM or something or facetime if I'm friends with you oh but uh, uh, anyway Adrian Peterson Hall of Famer number three is a man who pulled off Miracle after Miracle, after Miracle uh, in terms of Hail Marys, one of the most talented quarterbacks of all time, and a lock to be a first Battle Hall of Famer. And by the time he retires, he'll probably have the um, all time passing yards record because Brady's going to break Breeze in a couple years. And then he's going to break Brady um, by the time he retires. And I'm talking about a man, the man himself, Aaron Rodgers. Mr. Rodgers, neighborhood Aaron Rodgers, number 12. And. All-time great quarterback. He had to take, and it's all-time big shoes to fill. When he had to fill Brett Favre's shoes, and he was able to do it. Um, He's made State Farm proud. He's made Green Bay proud. Aaron Rodgers. So, absolutely a first-ballot Hall of Famer, and Rodgers deserving um, number three on this list. Number two, the most underrated player in the history of the NFL. Almost won NFL MVP last year. The NFL's all-time leader in passing yards. Nobody has passed for more yards than this guy did. And this guy, I mean, this guy has in his career. And his record is still being extended. I am talking, of course, about Breezes. True Breeze. Super Bowl, uh, Super Bowl champion, Super Bowl MVP. A two-time NFL MVP. Sorry, not NFL MVP. That was on Rodgers. Breeze, just an incredible player. Absolutely a first time One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I believe after this year, when he retires as a two time Super Bowl champion, if this year, people will give him more, the respect that he deserves. I thought. This is only one who doesn't get that respect that he deserves, and that is in the top five quarterback of all time. Not the best, but he's top five. And number one. The second greatest football player to ever live, and the greatest quarterback to ever live. He's a six-time Super Bowl champion and a five-time Super Bowl, sorry and a four-time Super Bowl MVP. He's led the greatest comeback in playoff history. He started the greatest dynasty in history of professional sports. <sighs> what else has he done? Oh yeah, he was drafted in the sixth round to be a backup quarterback, and he proved that and proved them wrong. Was a total off Robert Kraft when he was drafted. He'd go on and on and on about Tom Terrific, TB12, the GOAT, at least at the quarterback position, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr., Tom Brady. Uh, at least that's according to Wikipedia, that's his full name. Tom Brady, happy birthday. It's his 42nd birthday actually today, and obviously he's a lock to be in the Hall of Fame. he's Arguably the greatest football player of all time. Most people think he is the best football player of all time. You guys know my opinion. You guys know that I think Jim Brown is better. But other than that, he's the best of all time. Um, at the quarterback position, he can't be beat. The most clutch player of all time. Perfected the two-minute drill. Just <coughs> an unbelievable football player. The greatest football player of this generation. The greatest football player since Jim Brown. And the greatest quarterback to ever live, Tom Brown. Brady. So that'll do it for my top uh, 10 list. That'll do it for my deep dive into all these Hall of Famers and my Steve Sable rant that I will be continuing if he's not. And if he's not in the Hall of Fame next year, you'll be ready to hear that rant again next year. But yeah, congratulations to the 8 Hall of Famers this year. Congratulations to the 20 Hall of Famers next year and the 10 players that I have given the Hall of Fame not to in my own way for next year. That'll do it for episode 11. Of The Other Berman Show. If you disagree with me, if you agree with me, you want to get in touch with me, or you want to answer my Q&A, sorry, I'm starting back up against for my next episode, follow me on Instagram, at The Other Berman Show, at The Other Berman Show, same as my show. Tune in, new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday, except for next week. There will be no episode on Wednesday, but I will be doing an episode, but there will be an episode on Saturday, but Wednesday there will be no episode. I have something I need to take care of. So... We'll see you for the next episode on Saturday, not Wednesday. But other than that, you'll see new episodes every Wednesday and Saturday during the preseason. And during, but then when the NFL season starts up again, I don't know if you have to change up the schedule. Or probably My guess is it'll all be Tuesday. It's tentatively scheduled for Tuesdays and Saturdays instead of Wednesday and Saturdays or Tuesdays and um, Fridays. But Yeah, we'll figure that out when the NFL season starts. And, yeah. Thank you for listening to episode 11 of The Perfect Show. We'll see you for episode 12. Goodbye, and go Ravens.